This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Wednesday, December 19th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Biodiesel caught in spending showdown. Senate Ag's newest Democrat waiting on China and antibiotic usage plunges. Biodiesel tax credit hangs as wall dispute drags. House Republicans are making another run at passing a tax bill that would include a long-term extension and phase-out of the tax subsidy for biodiesel. The House Rules Committee is set to consider the bill this afternoon with an eye toward putting the issue on the floor by tomorrow, just ahead of a possible partial shutdown of the government. Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley, who will take over the chairmanship of the Senate Finance Committee, says the biodiesel tax credit only has a chance of getting passed if the tax bill is attached to whatever spending measure Congress passes to advert a shutdown. If the tax measure dies, Grassley promises that the biodiesel extension will be a high priority for him when he takes charge of finance in January. Fiscal 19 spending bills for USDA, FDA, EPA, and the Interior Department are also at stake in this budget showdown. Democrats yesterday rejected a Trump administration proposal to fund the U.S.-Mexican border wall from an existing account rather than special new funding. Climate on new Senate Ag members' agenda. The Senate Agriculture Committee's newest Democratic member, Dick Durbin of Illinois, says that the impact of climate change on U.S. farming is one of the issues he hopes to focus on next year. Durbin tells AgriPulse that he recently wrote Illinois farm organizations soliciting their ideas on the climate issue. Durbin said, I happen to believe, and not all of my farmers agree with me, that climate change is something we need to think about. If we're going to see a change in the growing season or in rainfall or in humidity, we've got to take that into consideration about the future of farming in the United States. Senate Agriculture Chairman Pat Roberts of Kansas told AgriPulse separately that he plans to put some focus on the climate issue, but he's not sure whether that will be in the form of a hearing or a roundtable. Durbin notes that he and Roberts known each other since they served together in the House of Representatives. Waiting for China to buy more soybeans. Rumors are swirling that China is securing new purchases of U.S. soybeans. If true, an official USDA confirmation could come as early as today. The purchases made last week, 1.43 million tons, were made by Chinese government-owned companies Sinograin and Kafko. It's assumed that the state trading enterprises will put the U.S. soy into China's strategic stockpiles. But that may not be the case, says John Bays, a consultant for the U.S. Soy Export Council. China's 25% tariff doesn't apply to purchases for the government stockpiles, and Kafko owns its own crushing facilities, so the beans could wind up being processed tariff-free. Now keep in mind, China crushes about 8 million tons of soybeans per month and could easily take 8 or 9 million tons of U.S. soybeans over the next couple of months according to Bayes. Antibiotic usage? Will it fall more? FDA's crackdown on farm antibiotic usage is being linked to a steep decline in sales of medically important drugs for food production. Usage fell 33% from 2016 to 2017 and has dropped by more than 40% since 2015. That according to the agency's latest annual report. 
That drop coincides with the prohibition of sales of the drugs for growth promotion and a requirement for veterinary oversight of on-farm antibiotic usage. FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb says he hopes the downward trend continues. Ron Phillips, the Vice President of Legislative and Public Affairs for the Animal Health Institute, which represents drug makers, says that sales levels going forward will depend on a variety of factors, including disease levels, herd sizes, and weather. He says that the industry's effort to manage antibiotic usage is a factor in the recent decline. Annual pesticide report finds less residue on fruits and veggies. Pesticide residues couldn't be detected in more than half of the fruits and vegetables and other food products tested by USDA in 2017, a significant increase from the year before, according to USDA's latest annual pesticide report. More than 99% of the samples tested had residues well below the safety limit set by EPA, and 53% had no detectable pesticide residue at all, the study found. In 2016, 23% of the tested foods had no detectable residue. Excluding bottled water, residues exceeding the EPA limit were found in 58 of 9,785 samples tested in 2017. Of those 58 samples, 32 were of imported foods, 24 were domestic. The origin of the remaining two samples was unknown. Growing exports feed king corn. Beef and pork exports have consumed 14.9 million tons of corn and distillers dried grains this year, a 29% increase from 2015, thanks to the rise in shipments of red meat, that according to a study for the U.S. Meat Export Federation. 11% of the price of corn this year will be derived from red meat exports, the study found. Or put another way, beef and pork exports will account for 39 cents per bushel of the price of corn based on annual average price of 3.53 a bushel. The study was conducted by World Perspectives Incorporated, an agriculture consulting firm. McSally to fill McCain's Senate seat. Arizona GOP Representative Martha McSally has been appointed by Governor Doug Ducey to serve for the next two years in the Senate seat held by the late John McCain. McSally lost a close race last month for the state's other seat held by retiring Republican Jeff Flake. McSally was one of 44 House Republicans who voted against the Farm Bill last week in the House. McSally will replace John Kyle, who has been serving in the Senate temporarily since McCain's death. The 2020 election will decide who serves the final two years of McCain's term. Here's today's He Said It. What you will see as farmers being able to do what they've done in the past with comfort and certainty and not under the threat of persecution and prosecution. That Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue on the benefits to farmers of the Trump administration's proposed new Waters of the U.S. rule. He was speaking at an event in Lebanon, Tennessee yesterday with acting EPA Administrator Anthony Wheeler. In contrast to the Obama-era version, the new Waters rule would narrow the jurisdiction of the Clean Water Act, removing some wetlands and ethereal streams from federal regulation. Well, that is Daybreak for this Wednesday, December 19th. 
AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Kelly.